Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, author and sixth grade teacher and motivational speaker. Today, I have with us Paolo Talameo, and super jazzed to have him back. This is his second episode. Uh, probably about six months ago, we had uh, yes, we had this this episode where he kind of talked to us about his class and getting started in gamification. Happy to say he's still sticking with it. Uh, but before, before we get into what today's episode is about and all this, and I'm super jazzed about the topic, this is going to be awesome. Uh, give a, give a brief introduction for those that missed your first episode. Hi, my name is Paolo Tolomeo. I'm a fourth grade teacher at Hayne Elementary School, part of the Seneca Valley School District in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are currently beating the Boston Bruins right now. So we're very jazzed about that. Um, this is my second year of gamification, so uh, it's been pretty awesome being able to learn from my first year and also being able to collaborate and grow a little bit more with my fellow uh, gamified teachers. Which brings us what to the today's topic is. Today's topic I've sort of titled Beyond the Walls. We're taking that game and kind of extending it beyond our walls, chatting with others, learning from others, and whether that's across the hall or on Twitter or whatnot, you know, just really learning and gathering well beyond what we see just in our classroom. Uh, and so you've experienced that this year, you were saying. Absolutely. Hey, first, the title, very Game of Thrones-esque, so nicely done on that. Well, um, Yeah, no, it was awesome. I, I had a couple teachers that I worked with who, over the summer after we did our first video, I kind of shared it out with everyone I knew, and I was like, hey, watch this. I'm on a podcast. This is a huge <laughs> deal. And uh, episode 119, by the way. Um, and so one of the teachers, she watched that. And so she started messaging me over the summer, picking my brain. And we were just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. And I was like, oh, this might be something where she tries it out a little bit. And I tell you what, she's gone big air with it. And not, she's she's stepped up her game, which is kind of making me have to step up my game. And what's awesome about it is that she's directly across the hall from me. So we are constantly bouncing ideas back and forth. She's always sending me items that she's coming up with. Uh, Kim Blakely is her name. She's on Twitter. So find her if you haven't or if you're not already following her. Hello, Kim, if you're watching the video. Um, but she's doing a Harry Potter theme. And so she was looking at a lot of my items and it's like, Oh, I have a way of twisting this, twisting this. And so we talk, she's like, Oh, I'm using this. She goes, this is your invisibility ring. I'm like, Oh, okay. So we even have different names for our items. Yeah, we same exactly, items. They serve the same purpose, which is awesome. But there've been many days where she'll run across the hall. Like, Hey, come over. I want to show you something real fast. And having that collaboration right there is incredible. Well, so forever grateful for that. Yeah. Collaboration is huge. And that's obviously what the whole sort of point of today's episode is. But you just sort of said something that I have to share. Uh, several of the teachers in my school have since started to gamify. And I'm actually pretty fortunate this year, two other teachers in my sixth grade team are gamifying. So they have sixth grade science gamified and it's its own theme. It's different than mine. Mine's obviously different than theirs. And then this year, starting this year, the sixth grade English did the same thing. Awesome. Different game though, so we have three different games running. But like you're saying, uh, the collaboration is huge, and we can debrief that. But I just wanted to touch upon it's so like infectious when like it's exciting. Like you come up with something that doesn't fit normal school, but when you gamify, you can do these sort of crazy things and have these little power ups or these little challenges, and it is so exciting and kind of professionally rewarding when you have that that cadre of teachers that you can share in that experience you know you can you can kind of say this is exciting and they really get it because they gamify their class 
Oh, absolutely. We even have a new teacher in fourth grade this year, Alex Craniac, also on Twitter. So give him a follow. Hey, buddy. Um, and the other day he came running in my room. He goes, check this out. And he had this poem written out. It was this big old riddle. And he started gamifying and over the last few weeks. And the essence of it all is that they're going to read a nonfiction text. They're going to find evidence to support the main idea. But he's got this crazy poem in there. And the kids are all working through these different centers and different activities. And it's a whole like mystery. And he's like so geeked out about it. He's a ball of energy to begin with. But he's just putting that little twist of just gamification on there. And it's just a common task of read a nonfiction text, find the main idea and supporting details, turning into this huge challenge. And his class, I constantly can hear kids just screaming. And, and it's just like, you look over there, it's like, oh, they have a new challenge. There's a new quest available. And so he's even jumping on board. So there's three of us now all right across the hall from each other and just kind of seeing us taking those basic ideas that we've already done and just putting on a little twist. And he's starting to experience that as well. And it's cool to see other teachers starting it because I can see them like, I remember being in that position. I remember seeing exactly where you are and even offering some insight. And it's great. He came by the other day and I said, you know what? I love the fact that you're so willing to share everything you're doing with your gamification. He's like, well, I share because I want feedback. And that's even greater is that so many of the gamified teachers, the XP lab community on Twitter, everyone shares things out, not just to show off like, oh, here's what I do, but just like, hey, tell me what I can do better. Tell me how I can improve, improve upon this. And that's even greater whenever you have that collaboration. It's not a competition at all. Instead, it's a help me become a stronger teacher. And so bouncing ideas off of each other, growing your, our games with each other has been pretty rewarding as well. Yeah, that, well, I mean, super well said. And I think true with gamification, the possibilities and the combinations are sort of endless. So really embracing this fact that, that, that everyone can only improve my game, like they're not they're not being critical of it. They can just improve it, and I can improve somebody else's, and together we make that higher game. You know, truly, yeah. that's that sense of collaboration in general. But uh, yeah, like yeah, Alex came into my room the other day, and he had, these old uh, tennis ball containers. I have about a hundred of them sitting in the back cabinet because I'm just like, one day I will need these, and I refuse to throw anything <laughs> away. And he goes, "Dude, message in a bottle." I was like, "That's perfect." So yeah. now instead of just I'm ripping off the labels, putting side quests in there, and they're gonna be hidden messages. I do a uh, exploring the seven seas in search of a new world theme in my classroom. So we're sailors and we're out there exploring. And so I never even considered that. And just that little spark right there was just like, yes, now I just added a new level, a new layer to my game of just having these messages that I can hide around the building. And if kids see them, they open up the bottle and they pull out the letter and it might be an Easter egg, might be a new side quest, but just small little ideas that I did not come up with on my own, but just small idea from someone right across the hall in a moment of just sheer conversation it's popped into our minds. Now you got to put that message and that bottle behind like a book in the library and then have like a quest or something that gets people to take that book out. Yes. And then they see yes. it, right? Exactly. So I've, I've already, I started this year hiding a couple of things around the classroom. We did an activity about the lost colony of uh, Roanoke. And so one of the things carved on a tree was Croatoan. And so I wrote it out on a big piece of uh, cardboard and I wrote an Easter egg riddle on the back with a Nearpod code and I'd had it hidden around the building. And so it was pretty awesome seeing kids come out like, I found this, it was in the hall, it was hidden behind this poster. It's like, well done. So now just kind of seeing the idea of like opening up the school, going beyond my door, beyond the walls. But having right. games, everything outside the classroom and kind of exploring the building and having things hidden around the building has been pretty cool too. That is awesome. Uh, so back to sort of this idea of a co collaboration. And I got to say, when I first started truly like gamifying like the full year, not just a unit, um, I had convinced the science teacher to do this sort of with me. I mean, her own game. but uh, And I remember us early on saying we need to sort of meet. So we scheduled like a regular meeting and our number one thing that we couldn't 
I don't, I don't want to say couldn't figure out, but like it was a challenge was like power ups and items, you know, like mm-hmm. right away we were like, you know, you can have a bathroom pass, you could have a late homework pass, you could have like a go back to your locker, like all sorts, sorts of the, the low hanging fruit. But once you sort of go through the normal school sort of privileges, it was like, what do we add now? And it was so awesome to be able to bounce off ideas off each other and quickly see areas that a, that an item wouldn't work because it would take too much like overhead on your part like you'd have to be mm-hmm. constantly managing this one item yeah and then like it was just it just allowed for like rapid iteration and i don't think i could have gotten to where i got without those like face-to-face daily conversations yeah like i have uh, my robin hood item which allows students to kind of steal from the rich and give to the poor and kind of helps them move into the top five and so uh miss blakely she has hers it's called the polyjuice potion and so we've been kind of bounce ideas back and forth of how do we improve it? How do we tweak it? Because a lot of times the kids might find a loophole that we didn't anticipate. Um, and so we're like, oh, wait a minute. That's that's a good that's a good point. So we've got to figure out like how do we navigate around these little loopholes so that way we're not being tricked um, and they're not kind of breaking the game in essence. Uh, so that's been pretty great of like, should we just walk indoor in our planning prep and just go like, hey, real quick, student found a loophole, what do we do? And I was like, all right, let's brainstorm this together. Because otherwise you kind of just caught in the middle by yourself but it's been pretty cool just seeing different ideas for different items that we've been using and finding even different names for them different usages usages um i have one called the readers of the caribbean that last year kind of helped kids get a multiplier on their reading logs we do weekly reading logs this year i found a way to kind of tweak it to make it even more powerful and more rewarding it's kind of again bouncing ideas off of each other so i want to hear that like how what's what's the change the initial plan was that it would be just after, so a student actually suggested the readers of the Caribbean last year, and they said, can we roll a die and multiply by how many hours we have on our reading log? And I said, absolutely, we can do that. And then, because I realized, like, oh, I get like two or three hours of reading a week, which is great, which is wonderful. Like, then you multiply, even if you roll a six on a, di- a regular die, it's only worth 18. So I started thinking, well, my issue that some kids are having is that they're not turning them in regularly. So I was like, all right, well, what if we take the number of hours you read over the course of the entire trimester, just all, all of it? And then you roll and you can multiply with that. And then the kids started going like, well, wait a minute for the entire, because then I realized not just a one-off, not just like, oh, I read a lot this one week. Perfect. That's beneficial this one time out of the 12. So instead now the kids are kind of keeping track of, well, how many hours have I read? And they're kind of keeping track of their logs and seeing how much it's going to be worth. And like, oh, maybe I'll save it for the second trimester. So the idea of just getting more buy-in with the students kind of got the idea from other teachers of just like, well, how are you getting everyone to turn these reading logs? Because oftentimes... Whenever we have things that are coming from home, sometimes the kids do them, sometimes they lose them, sometimes the kids don't take them as seriously. But getting that buy-in of just like, wait a minute, if I have to look at 12 of these over the course of the entire trimester, now that kind of makes it even more powerful. And showing the kids, well, you know, oftentimes some kids will read for 20 hours in a whole trimester or 30 hours. Think about that one. They're like, that can be worth like two level ups. It's like, exactly. Right. So they started finding a way of just taking the same item, but now tweaking the item to make it even more powerful and more beneficial, but also encouraging the kids to kind of do a little bit more work on their own. That's awesome. So the points that you're talking about getting are like game points. They're not like getting oh, yeah. free reading no, no, hours. No, no, it's not like I only read two, but multiplied. Now it's I read 18. Yeah, no, 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 just, just XP, so they earn for it. So they got to read 100 minutes a week is what we encourage them and then do a writing for it. But now what we can do is at the end of the trimester, we'll tally up how many hours they read for, and that's just how much XP they earn. So if someone turns in, they read one hour that entire trimester, someone else turns it in and reads for 30 hours, they turn in their readers of the Caribbean item, now they can get a big multiplier on there and earn some more XP. That's a really good suggestion for uh, you know English classes in general, but... Uh, there's a game mechanic in video games 
uh, of sort of grinding it out, like an, mm-hmm. or farming is the other term, where you just do yeah. a, a repetitive low-level task over and over again, but it adds up, right? Like if I kill right. a bunch of little weenie skeletons, but they give me five gold apiece, but if you kill 200 of them, like that's a lot of gold. Um, right. So I love how you did that sort of with reading without minimizing the value of reading, right? You're not saying this is like a boring thing, but... Yeah. If you do this very easy thing over and over again, it can produce a big game reward. That's awesome. I dig yeah, it. and I even got that idea from you um, in the book. You talk about like the fishing. We call it treasure hunting in our class, small little tasks where if they um, find any of our vocabulary words in context and they come and they show me the word and explain to me how it's being used, they earn a couple XP for nice. that. And they, yeah, we do vocabulary quadrants every week where they illustrate their vocab word, find synonyms, and, and break down the word, prefix, suffix, root words. If they get it signed by a parent, it's more XP. Again, it's just like these small little tasks that they should be doing anyway, but it's not just giant like side quests, just small little tasks occasionally here. And those small tasks are what help the kids improve the most in their yep. basic skills and those foundational skills, but not just applying it as they, oh, this is treasure hunting. And they're just kind of, again, going through, doing a little digging over here. They suddenly start earning a little XP and they start realizing like, these treasure hunting, they, they add up. Like, I found five vocab boards today. Like, that's like 10 XP. And I have, my numbers are much lower when we turn, talk about XP, like earning 100 XP for an activity is just astronomical for them. Um, so like, you know, everything's, I know some people are just like, oh, 1,000 XP for this, 1,000 for this. Well, it's just all um, relative. As far as like 10 XP is a big deal for a lot of the kids. And so they start geeking out over these. And again, it's just little small tasks that they can do that help just build that basic foundation. But they're doing it more often now because they know that XP is tied to it as well. That's fantastic. So talking about sort of this collaborative spirit, you've one question that I think people sometimes have is, and it sounds like you've had success with this, some people experience gamification and they're like, I don't know, if they're like me, they want to shout it from the mountaintops. This is amazing. It was like a game-changing experience for students and, and for me professionally. Uh, how... How did you help spread that in your school? I mean, it sounds like now some people in your school are trying to take up the torch itself, but yeah, it doesn't sound like you rammed it down their throat. So, like, how did you play that balance? How did you be collaborative there? Well, all year last year, I started kind of just, like, sharing with my teams. We have a fourth-grade team that's seven teachers, including a few special ed teachers that are on our team as well. So there isn't all, like, eight or nine of us. And so during our team meetings, I would just share, like, oh, we're doing this activity. Like, oh, I call it a side quest, but just kind of dropping the terms throughout the year. And so people were kind of getting a little curious and they'd come by and check out what we were doing. Um, then over the summer after that, after uh, the podcast that we did together over the summer pop, I sent that out to everyone. I said, hey, you know, check it out. See if there's anything in there that you like and just kind of, you know, give me some more likes on there. Um, and so another teacher saw that and she was like, I, I want to try this out. I want to give it a go. And so Kim tried it out. And so we collaborated throughout the summer. And again, it was one of those experiences where she was able to start it into the school year because she had that idea. She started planning out over the summer. She was making her items over the summer. And I was just kind of offering her feedback. Now, this year, there's two of us doing that. And we're using the same terminology of side quests and Easter eggs. And other teachers are asking us, like, oh, what's that? And so they're even using some of our Easter eggs as just challenges in the classroom. So not gamifying, but they're still incorporating them as just, here's some extra challenges for the students. Sure. So at the end of the day, we're trying to help the students grow. That's our goal as teachers, help the students grow. And so by whatever means we need to do so, we're helping them all grow. So we're kind of giving them more opportunities for challenge activities. 
Um, and so we're all using them, but sometimes we're using them with a different name on them. So Kim and I use them as side quests. Other teachers just has them, have them as weekly challenges. But again, just kind of continuously talking about and just sharing my experiences and not trying to force it on somebody. Because some people, for them, it might not be just might not be what they find motivational. It might not be their bag. And for me, it just happened to be what got me going and what kind of got me rejuvenated and reinvigorated in teaching. And um, so then this year, again, Alex being across the hall, he's a gamer. He's like I said, ball full of energy. And he started seeing what we were doing. He's like, I have ideas. I have ideas. And so he finally started to roll it out last week. And now he's kind of getting into it. And that all just leading by example, sharing what I'm, what's, what's going well, sharing ways I'm trying to improve, but other teachers seeing that kind of hopefully inspires them and kind of gives them a little bit of a motivation to do so as well. Uh, solid answer. agree with everything you said. And I would also highlight probably one other thing that I think you did in that story really, really well is you were open to anybody else sort of joining and celebrating their success where they're at, right? So like, and, and you know what? The only reason why I'm even in this position that I'm doing with my gamification is because I got ideas from others. Like very mm -hmm. little of what I've done has been my own personal creation. It's been a tweak on someone else's idea or taking one thing's work for one teacher and finding a way to adjust it to my classroom. Like this year, my launch this year was so much better than last year. Last year, I didn't know what I was doing. I was making it up as I went along, honestly. Like it was a, you're planning week by week for your lessons. You're planning month by month for your units. That was the same thing for the gamification. It was just kind of, as I saw something come, I'm like, how can I gamify that? And now looking back and I was like, my goodness gracious, that was probably the worst gamification that a teacher could have ever done, but it was my first go around with it. So I saw that Jamie Halsey had an awesome idea for her launch at the beginning of the year, kind of like her Jedi handbook. And yep. I tweaked it and made our sailor's handbook. I know Fabian Hoffman used something similar. And so I saw their ideas and kind of started tweaking them to fit our classroom theme. And so for me to see that and be like, well, the only reason why I'm in this position is because of the work of others. It's like I owe it to the whole Twitter community, to the gamification community, to try to share out what I'm doing, to try to inspire and help others as well. And it's been working. It's awesome to be able to see, again, that collaboration. But also, I'm getting a lot of feedback from others and just finding ways of being able to adjust and make the game even better. Yeah. And I, and I think, again, kudos to you for having that, you know, taking mentality, taking and then tweaking. But then, like, when you've helped the community by taking something and tweaking it, then putting it back out there so somebody else can take right. and tweak your idea, you know? And again, we're just moving towards more and more options, more and more ideas when we all do that. And, Absolutely. You know, that that's a huge value. So I guess that's a perfect segue into, we've, we've talked a little bit about the power of connecting with the people in our building, possibly ways to get others to sort of buy in and do that. Now that next piece is when your school's not there or when like, you started, you were the only one at the school doing that. So like mm -hmm. there is a moment where you got to go well beyond the walls and, and, and grab from, you know, the internet and other various social networking communities. Uh, but let's talk about the value of that kind of collaboration too. Oh, absolutely. Just looking online and looking at, and it's not just even the gamifications, looking at what other teachers are doing online. Like Robert Kaplinsky is very big in the math world, and he has these math challenges on a website called uh, openmiddle.com. And on his website, it's just problems that kids have to fill in the blanks to try to solve problems. I see this, I'm like, oh, it's an awesome challenge. And now I make that as one of our side quests that the kids work on at their open middle problems. And seeing things that John Meehan does with, 
his work in his classrooms. And he teaches high school. I teach fourth grade. But finding some of his, his ideas and being able to see what he's doing, incorporating them in my classroom. And then offering those ideas out again into the Twitter sphere. Whenever I go to trainings, if I'm in any meetings, I share with other teachers, anyone I come across. I'm sure it's like, oh, this is something that's been working in my classroom. Check it out. And I'll show them pictures of what we have going on. Because we're constantly going to different trainings and different seminars and different meetings. And we're collaborating and seeing teachers from all across the state of Pennsylvania. And it's always telling people like, oh, I do gamification. Everyone kind of gives me a look of, what? I'm like, oh, let me explain. And so that's whenever I get real excited. I'm just like, we got to talk. But it's kind of sharing those ideas out with teachers whenever you encounter them and just sharing them like this isn't just like putting video games into our classroom. It's I'm taking these high level questions, these high level tasks that we do anyway, and I'm finding ways of tweaking them and finding a little way of a twist on them. And I always ask teachers, I'm like, what is something you're really excited about? And it's maybe a different movie. Maybe it's a different genre of book. I'm like, find a way to incorporate that in the classroom as well. But just anytime I have the opportunity to talk to teachers about ideas and collaborating of what's going well for me, I always share gamification. Whenever I'm filling out anything and it says, what are some of your interests? Gamification is on there. And if teachers don't know right away, they always ask, what's that? And that's that's my opening to be able to get in there and talk about it. And then I always tell people like, please email me, get in touch with me if you have any questions. And it's just a way of just sliding that out there to more teachers so they can see the benefits of it all. Yeah, and there are so many great communities out there. There's uh, Games for Ed is a hashtag you could sort of follow. Gamify My Class is another hashtag you could follow. Mm -hmm. uh, GBL, just games-based learning, so slightly different than gamification, but uh, still a lot of crossover there, a lot of good ideas you can steal from there. Uh, of course, my chat, uh, XP Lap on Tuesday nights. Check that out. And if you're not able to make any of these chats, you know, if you're new to Twitter, just another suggestion is while the chat might be like, I'll take XP lap, the chats Tuesday nights at nine central standard time. Uh, and why you might not be able to make that one, you can always kind of go back and read the chat. They're all, uh, sort of stored and housed on my website. You can check that out, but use the hashtag as well throughout the week. There are people posting, you know, activities they're doing with their kids, sometimes questions, Hey, I need help with this, but you can follow up on any of those people. Like if Paulo posts that he did an amazing lesson with his fourth grade, shows a picture of the message in a bottle, but doesn't really fully explain it, and you're like, well, I see the kids are excited. He's pretty jazzed about this message in the bottle thing. Just tweet him and, or tweet, tweet the XP Lab community. Like, hey, I'm trying to do some hidden side quests. I saw Paulo did something. You know, Anybody have ideas? And you will get responses. Absolutely. And being on the East Coast, I very rarely am able to make it to the XP lap chats. Having two young kids, 10 o'clock is way past my bedtime. Um, but the next day, I'm always up there. I'm always looking on there to see what people were sharing out. And I love always seeing people put a picture and someone always tweets underneath it. I want to know more or please yep. tell me more. Or, I need to know more about this. And as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh, get in that conversation. Let me see what they said about that. Because I'm constantly trying to take ideas and borrow ideas from other people and kind of see what everyone did with it. But it's awesome because no one ever says, this is mine, stay away. It's always like, here, let me send you the files. Here, check it out. It Here's is. a long, it long, is. long response that I'm going to take time out of my day to tell you everything I did so that you can use it as well. Just, again, the collaboration is unreal whenever you experience that. When I first joined Twitter, I went on there thinking like, oh, this will be cool to like find professional articles and I didn't know much else about it, but then just finding these communities in there and seeing how willing everyone is to share everything they have is incredible. And again, it's helping teachers across the globe just grow as educators, which is improving everything for our students, which at the end of the day is what our purpose is, do what's best for the kids. So I love the fact that the collaboration is one of the ways of getting to that point. Yeah, I think too, if you know, like sometimes we get in these like ruts when you watch TV and stuff and you sort of be like, oh man, the world is a 
big scary place, a bad place. I mean, I tell you, go into some of these Twitter chats, go into some of these conversations, go to an ed camp, and you start to see this like just overwhelming niceness that is around us that people want to share, people want to help, people want to do the good and right thing. So uh, it really does fill my sort of tank up that the, the world's a great place. And I absolutely love the XP Lab community. That's obviously the one I'm most connected with, but just filled with wonderful people who share and share alike and mm-hmm. come each and every week. And even like you, like you, people that can't come each week still participate in that hashtag throughout right. the week. And, and again, all of that is valuable pieces to a community that's growing and trying to make an impact on the future by making an impact today on our students. Absolutely. And I've gotten real big into mentoring now. I'm part of different organizations where I mentor future teachers, up and coming teachers and current teachers. And all of them, I say, listen, social media gets a bad rap, sometimes rightfully so. But if you get on Twitter and follow teachers, it's one of the most rewarding professional development you'll ever get. And they kind of look at me, I'm like, honestly, seriously, get on Twitter, follow teachers. It'll be awesome. Trust me. And a lot of them, like, I had no idea there were so many people out there, so many resources, so many, like, trainings that people are posting snippets from, so many things, books that people post on there that they've read, and just overwhelming amount of resources that we can then use in our classroom. And it's been incredible to be able to see that. And it's helped me so much. Like, I would not be where I am today had it not been for the teachers I've been able to collaborate at my school, but also online. So I am forever grateful for that. Yeah. So, like, on that note, if you're listening to this podcast and if you haven't joined Twitter, do so. If you have, but you're like, I don't know who to follow, and it takes me so long to figure out who to follow, here's here's a quick tip. Find out when there's that chat. So if you want to gamify, you know XPLAP is at that time. Whether you're there or not, what I would suggest doing is logging in, find that block of time. So if you have to go back an hour or two or like you the next day, wake up in the morning, scroll back on XPLAP a little bit, and just follow the heck out of all those people. Those are all gamifiers, right? Like, if that's what you want, they're either people in your exact spot just getting started, or they're veterans who are there to sort of share and help in the community. So just go down the list. Don't be shy. Don't be like, well, I'm only going to show. Paolo had this one good idea. I'm going to share. Just follow him. Like, everyone in that community is there for that same purpose as you are. So... Oh, I remember there was a day last year where I was sitting and I went and just went follow, 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 follow. And I just went through to start following every single person who shared anything on there. And that's just been an incredible resource for me. Um, And it's been pretty awesome. Like I said, like even with you, like last year, whenever we had our conversation over the summer, you had that idea of adjusting some of the names of my rewards in the classroom. I did a lunch in the room. You're like, oh, you should have something else like Captain's Banquet. It's like, yes. Yeah. Small little adjustment. Now we have Captain's Banquet, Captain's Throne when they borrow the teacher's chair. (laughs) We have... um, well, we have personal effects. They can have a comfort item, like a hat or a stuffed animal. And those are their personal effects. That's so awesome. I changed all the names of the items, and the kids are just like, oh, I want that one. And it grew that excitement, again, just from a conversation we were having. Small little tweak, but wouldn't have come up with that on my own. But it's helped my game tremendously this year. It kind of added that motivation. It's an idea I got from someone else, and I am A-OK using someone else's ideas. I love it. Well, this brings us, Paolo, to reflection time. And we have oh. a great quote here by Jay Perez. And All right. It is obviously about collaboration. So here we go. Collaboration is about teamwork. It's not a cliche, it's a practical reality. 
That's fantastic. So many people view it as we say, all right, you should collaborate. And everyone goes, okay, good. And then they go in their classrooms and do their own thing. And they say, I do collaborate. We're all in the same building. We all talk to each other. We see each other at the beginning of the day. And it's like, yes. And everyone thinks like, yes, everyone says collaborate, collaborate. It'll make everything better. But you don't always see it actually happening. And so I've just tried to make it a point to collaborate as often as possible and meet with those teachers and talk to everyone and say, hey, what are you doing in your classroom? And I'm so lucky. I call my team, my fourth grade team, a giant unicorn because we are all very, very close friends. We do things together. We hang out together. Our text message chains go on forever. If you're away from your phone for 10 minutes, you have to follow up on 30 different text messages at any given time. But we're constantly sharing ideas with each other. And so we're trying to put it into practice. And it's helped us all become stronger and better teachers. And so whenever you see people doing that online, it's even better because we don't know each other. I've never met anyone of these teachers who I've been sharing with online. But right away, it's almost like a family where you're collaborating and you're seeing people share with each other. And people are going out of their way to go onto these chats. It's not something that just happens naturally. You have to take time out of your day to get online. Now, when someone asks you for a resource, you have to take time out of your day to share it. But everyone does it so willingly because we're putting that into practice. Right. I uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think having the the intentionality to carve out time to really do something together so like like you're saying sometimes we're in the same space and we count that as collaboration or look we're all teaching these children together that's collaboration and it's like no but like let's support each other actually take that time to either listen to the other person even if you're not doing it so even if there's a teacher not gamifying you still might want to bounce some ideas. So I'm doing this thing, trying to figure out different ways to do X, Y, Z. They could help you. Fellow gamifiers could help you. Uh, and then obviously, ultimately, it would be really cool if people sat down and crafted something together. Like, And, it's, and you're at that point right now. You're at that, that peak optimization for collaboration in your space with having two teachers directly on campus doing the same as you, but different. So they're driven to create their own game. Kind of kind of almost like in the free market system, like having competition, so to speak, mm-hmm. ups all your game. Like yeah. she's over there thinking about ideas for her classroom. However, unlike the free market system, we're in an education space where we're willing to share those ideas out. So then when right. she comes up with that new item, she had that breakthrough activity or that breakthrough gamified structure, she's going to come share that with you. And it's the excitement that we all feel right now doing this. It's just like we're kind of geeking out every single day. And it's just like, hey, guess what? Guess, guess what I did? Guess, guess what I did? And just and then the kids see this because we don't wait till the kids go home. We're like geeking out across the hall from each other. They see us in the hallways at the end of the day or in the morning and we're sharing ideas. And the kids, whenever they do lunch in a room, if there's one kid from Kim's class and one from mine, they're talking about how our games are similar. Like, oh, we had that kind of item in our room. And the kids see that collaboration and go, whoa, like you all are working together to do things. Yeah. Like, yes. We actually do, we teach you to collaborate because it's a real thing. It's like we legitimately talk to each other. So the kids see it also and they kind of understand like, oh, so this is like legit how people get along in the world and how people grow as professionals. They work together. Just like, yes, we do. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Paulo, for taking time to be with us here on Well Played yet again. Uh, I hey, love your energy for having me. and your enthusiasm. We'll definitely have, a, we'll circle back again because uh, just love having you on the channel. Um, everyone else, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's episode 147. So if you want to like comment back, it's on my YouTube channel. Right there's a great space. While you're there, why not hit the like and subscribe button so you can be notified of other videos that I put out throughout the the week so that's all we have for you now so enjoy your week and play on guys